This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Dog Talk with Dave McMahon on News Talk 610 CKTB. Welcome to Dog Talk, everyone. Glad you could be here with us. My name is Dave McMahon. I am the owner of Dave McMahon's Dog Training Academy in the city of Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. And I am very happy about it. <laughs> I love my job. How many of you can say that you love your job? I absolutely love my job. I love animals, own two dogs myself, and I love to help people with their dogs. So uh, for the last 34 years, I have been uh, pursuing a very exciting career as a professional dog trainer, but uh, it's not just the dogs that I'm training, it's the people. If you're trainable, if you're coachable, then I can help you with your dog, but we'll talk about that a little bit later on in today's program. I hope everyone's out walking their dog, I hope everyone's out practicing their obedience training. All of my students, I hope you are practicing your obedience training with your dog and keeping up with your homework assignments just because the Dog Academy has been on pause, right? Uh, doesn't mean that uh, you shouldn't have been keeping up with your practicing. But uh, we hope to be back to group training classes very soon. You know what I'm doing now? Lots of consultations, lots of phone consultations. Uh, advising people on how to uh, resolve behavioral issues that they're experiencing with their dogs, giving them great advice. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Uh, my next guest is no stranger to dogs or cats or animals. She loves all animals. Uh, and she is no stranger to the Dog Talk radio show. She's been on uh, Dog Talk radio show many, many times over the past five years at 610 CKTB. She's also been a guest on other shows that are here at the White House of Rock and Talk. Uh, say hello to Tammy Gabery, everyone. Say hi to Tammy. Hi, Tammy. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Tammy, for uh, for those that don't know who you are, you are the uh, pet care manager of the Niagara SPCA and Humane Society. Has your title changed or is that still it? Uh, no, it's it's still it's still the title. <laughs> that's still the title. Okay, with and so many changes. While we're on COVID nineteen, it's still the title. <laughs> yeah, I know. So many changes, and uh, wow, hey Tammy, it's been a while since I've had the opportunity to chat with you. It has been a while. Seems longer than uh, seems longer than uh, you know what's supposed to be because we always like having you on every couple of months. Yes. So how yes. you hold? Well, up I think John the... took over for a little bit there. So yeah, yeah, we <laughs> had John have come in here and, uh... once in a while. <laughs> yeah, well, we still like having you on, Tammy. You have the uh, thank you. You've got the perfect voice for radio, and uh, and always a, a happy, sunny disposition you have. Such a positive well, person, uh, <laughs> Tammy. Do you think that the COVID nineteen is going to affect your concert going experience uh, that you enjoy so much? We, uh, you and I, and uh, many people we know, we love to go to concerts in the summer. Yeah. Boy, that's really going to kind of be different. I, I think so. And I was uh, looking forward to a few that I'd already uh, got tickets for this summer. So I'm, I'm kind of upset and a little disappointed, but uh, hopefully that means uh, they'll reschedule and they will still come around so that I can yeah. uh, see some of those concerts that I was looking forward to. Yeah. Did you get a notification from Art Park saying that they canceled quite a few? Uh... Uh, yes, I did. Yeah. So who yeah. knows? That's kind of all up in the air. It is. Everything's kind of up in the air this for the summer, even for uh, the shelter life, as far as uh, fundraising events that, you know, we rely so heavily on. We have to relook at all of that uh, for the summer events that we had planned. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's fair to say that you are sharing uh, your time. I would say you are spending your time between the Welland Shelter and the Niagara Falls Shelter. Is that true? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I kind of, uh, well, during normal times, float yes. back and forth between the two locations. And yes. uh, it's been an interesting uh, last year and a bit um, when we, uh, you know, amalgamated with the Niagara Falls Humane Society and took over operations of it. So, um, it's been good changes, and we're hoping to continue moving forward with those uh, positive changes that we've started. 
Yeah, I would imagine there'd be much, much more pros uh, than cons with the amalgamation of Niagara Falls Humane Society and Welland together. Absolutely. Yeah, it just it's enabled us to have more kennel space. So our large uh, rescue that we did right at the end of February, I, I was able to do that and bring 105 dogs in because I have uh, two shelters uh, that we can that we're sitting pretty much empty. So yeah. um, there there was not a problem to bring that that amount of dogs into our care, and the staff were amazing and you know stepped up. Uh, Niagara Falls has never seen anything like that before the staff there. So that was a new experience for them. And um, they all stepped up uh, in a great way uh, for that rescue. Yeah, that was a, a widening of the eyes experience, bringing in it, that kind of volume of dogs. It was. And I was, uh, you know, fortunate enough, I traveled to Manitoba. So I got to see firsthand and um, visit those communities and talk to those community members and uh, hear the frustrations that they have with the lack of resources that they have in order to provide spay neuter services for the dogs in their community and uh, you know just so few options for them when it comes to overpopulation in those communities yeah Tammy, let me ask you i got a lot of different things to chit chat about on today's program is the is the welland um you, say, you know i'm always tempted to still call it the welland humane society is the is the Welland uh, is the Welland Humane Society? Uh, are are you uh, undergoing some renovation there? I heard that. Uh, we did earlier this year. We okay. revamped our dog kennels. Yeah, uh, so they look a little bit different now. They are solid uh, plexiglass doors, uh, which is you know it it changed the whole look for uh, for the shelter for the dogs in in, in care. It's it's been a wonderful change for us. And that was thanks to a grant that we received from Mars Canada. Uh, so we uh, we were able to make those changes to those kennels. Mars as in uh, the Mars Brothers Mars Chocolate? Correct. Yeah. They also own several uh, pet food lines. So yes, we they do. So we were able to get through the pedigree adoption program. Yes. Oh, that's excellent. That's that's awesome that they came uh, came forward with uh, financial assistance yes. for that. So is it yes. fair to say that the renovations are complete at the Welland Shelter? Uh, there's probably a few little touch-ups here and there uh, that's kind of all been put on hold right now while we uh, deal with this shutdown. So um, we'll be uh, back up and running hopefully very soon, and we can complete those last few few things that we needed to. But essentially, the, the kennels are installed and the, are operational for the dogs. Tammy, are you are you alternating staff between Welland and Niagara Falls, or does each shelter have its own uh consistent staff that uh, we there. have not rotated the staff uh, staff at the Niagara Falls shelter have you know they they've all been there for for quite a few years a number of them so uh, we've maintained status quo for them so that there's not you know it was it was enough of a change to have us come in certainly and so to change also the location where you have to uh, go to work would also that would be just a, a huge change so we have kept the status quo both for our well and staff and for our Niagara Falls uh, now, staff members. Yeah, yeah. That's good then. Uh, how many staff would you say the Welland uh, Shelter has approximately? Between the two locations and our spay-neuter clinic, we have about 35 staff. That's it, 35 staff, eh? Yes, yeah. And then, of course, you've got volunteers, which is another segment, and dog walkers. Yes, and... Yeah, volunteers are a huge component for us between our uh, cat center volunteers and our dog walker volunteers that come in on a regular basis to get those dogs out and exercise and socialize and, you know, do some minor uh, dog training with them with sitting and not pulling on the leash and, and those kind of important things that, uh, that are key for adoption. Yes, that's right. Getting them well exercised, which is important, and socializing them to different people and, and taking yep. them out, giving them the mental yep. stimulation, which is a great job that the dog walkers are doing. Yep, and some group uh, group playtime for some of the dogs that, you know, we want to make sure that they yes. get along with others. So those are, you know, very important parts of shelter life. For sure. Uh, Tammy, we are going to take a short break. Uh, we'd like you to stay on the line with us. And when we come back, I would like for you to tell tell our audience, our listening audience, about the uh, the trip that you took to northern Manitoba. Sure, certainly. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Okay, so we'll take a short break. We'll hear some messages from our sponsors. I'm Dave McMahon. I'm on the phone with Tammy Gabry, who is the pet care manager for the Niagara SPCA and Humane Society. We'll be back with more dog talk right after these words. Oh. 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 
all of this recent spare time, I've taken it upon myself to learn a few new skills, like ordering Lakeport Fish and Chips on the line. Get your next Lakeport Fish and Chips meal with just a few clicks of a button with the all-new online ordering, helping to make your shipwrecked life so much easier. Lakeport Fish and Chips, two great locations, one great taste in St. Catharines and Niagara Falls. Free delivery on orders over $40. Order online today at lakeportfishandchips.com. Why do so many local pet parents entrust their cherished companions to Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital in Niagara Falls and Maine West Animal Hospital in Welland year after year? Simple. It's the way they treat their patients and the people who love them with dignity, respect, and the utmost compassion. Both vet clinics help make pet care affordable and offer financing to qualifying clients. We're still open, offering curbside pickup and emergency services. Maine West Animal Hospital at MainWestVet.com, Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital at Niagara Falls Animal Hospital Hi, I'm John from Speedy Glass, your windshield repair and replacement expert. More and more vehicles today are equipped with a windshield-mounted camera that can be linked to lane departure and collision warnings. When you replace your windshield, this camera must be recalibrated. At Speedy Glass, we have the training and the technology to do just that. When it comes to your safety, trust the industry leader. Call us, book online, or just stop by the shop today. Conditions apply. Details at speedyglass.ca. Speedy Glass Repair. Speedy Glass Replace. Pain management is essential to maintaining your pet's quality of life, and that's why the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is still open. Their pool and gym are closed to help maintain a safe space for patients, clients, and staff, but Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is still able to provide all of their pain-relieving treatments for new and returning patients. If your pet is struggling to get around or seems painful, please contact Niagara Canine Conditioning Center at 289-362-5900 or canine conditioningcenter.ca This segment brought to you by Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTB. Welcome back to the Dog Talk Radio Show, everyone. I'm Dave McMahon, and I'm on the phone with Tammy Gabry, the pet care manager of the Niagara SPCA and Humane Society. Tammy, you have been working at the Humane Society for a long time, but we, we don't want to really say how long do we, Tammy? <laughs> we don't need to. That's all good. <laughs> we really don't need to. Someone once told me that if you've been doing something longer than 20 years, just say you've been doing it for, you know, 20 years, because... Yeah, it kind of gets the point across, right? It's twenty years plus, right? Yes, I. That's right. And is it fair to say, Tammy, that you've been employed with the Humane Society longer than two decades? I mean, that really sounds. Hey, well, unfortunately, that is fair to say. Because uh, I think you were a youth when you started there. I was. Yes, I was uh, out of high school, and I had been volunteering my time before um, actually being hired to work at the shelter. So it's been a long time. That's awesome. Well, you're definitely an asset to the Humane Society. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. And all the dogs, and uh, for those that have uh, had the opportunity to meet Tammy Gabriel in person, you know what an awesome person she is and a very caring person you are, Tammy. Thank you, Dave. Uh, yes, for sure. Um, so I, I was able to look at a video that you have posted on the uh, Niagara SPCA and Humane Society Facebook page. Yes, our long journey home. Yeah, the long journey home, and it talks about northern Manitoba and then, uh, you know, coming back to Ontario. Yes. Yeah, so can you can you tell our audience uh, about that, uh, about that trip? Uh, yeah, just before absolutely. you start, just before you start, Tammy, uh, approximately how many uh, uh, people were involved in this uh, rescue mission to northern Manitoba? Uh, well, from our end, it was myself and one other staff member that uh, flew out to Manitoba. So the bulk of the uh, people on the ground were from local rescues. Uh, Save a Dog Network is who we have a relationship with. We had been flying uh, dogs in with Flight Buddies for the last year, which is anybody flying from Manitoba to Toronto can be a flight buddy for us. And it, it's us pairing up them with a, a dog and a 
crate that they just have to check in at time and they pick it up on checkout and we meet them there at the airport. So we've been doing that for about a year. And in conversations with Katie from Save a Dog, we heard about communities that were struggling with their populations within those communities. And unfortunately, what happens in in those circumstances, the band council has to look at because most times it's become a health and safety risk for the members of the community when dogs start running in packs and children are getting bit and other dogs are getting attacked. So they, they look for solutions. And unfortunately, with being remote, with not having access to affordable vet costs and care, they look to dog calls in order to solve that overpopulation. So when we heard about that, we decided that there was something that we could do to help those communities and prevent those calls from happening and giving them a solution that was beneficial to the community and also beneficial to the animals within those communities. Now, Tammy, for those that aren't sure of that term, calling a dog. Calling a dog is exactly what it sounds like. It is. They hire people to go in, and if your dog is out roaming, um, if they don't have a collar on of some sort of identification, then they are shot and killed in order to reduce the population within the community. Yeah, it's... uh... It's very uh, unfortunate that that, uh, that that happens. And what is, you're doing and it, is... And it's a sad reality for most of northern communities, even in northern Ontario. Those are, are uh, the only re- resolutions that some of these communities face. Flying communities have no access to get dogs out. And when the population becomes too great, those are the, the actions that they take. They have people come in and shoot the dogs. They do. Yeah, yeah they sad. Do. Very sad. Uh, so, uh, obviously, that's not what your team was doing. No, it definitely was not. So, we had, uh, with Save a Dog, we had uh, three communities that we had um, focused on, uh, partially because Save a Dog had been into those communities in a number of years and has done some uh, mobile spay-neuter clinics to those community members when sh- when they have enough resources in order to do so. So, she was quite familiar with those communities. and. Postings were placed up, letting the uh, residents know that we were coming in. Anybody that wanted to surrender their their pet at that time, we were there to do so. Any others that were roaming without callers identification were available for us to pull and remove. Um, So uh, the vast majority of the dogs were actually identified by community members as needing to find placement, um, people that wanted to surrender to give their dogs a better chance. So it was a really great experience all around for myself and for the team that was on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Tammy, talk about the methods of rounding the dogs up. Uh, well, there were a couple interesting uh, scenarios that we had. We we did have um, a couple puppies that were uh, very scared of people, uh, probably because they've always been told to get out and go away so they were hiding under a house under the uh, deck and it took some crafting and some skill on our part to to capture them and secure them and a, the, a lot of the dogs were either tethered by their owners because they knew that they, we were coming and that they wanted them to, to remain at home so there were some easy uh, transfers that happened and then there were others that were so scared that had no contact that were just literally strays within the community that we had to set up a live trap in order to catch them. But your live traps are very humane. They are very humane. Uh, we, you know, you just bait it with some hot dogs is what we were using yeah. to entice them. And they simply walk in and the door closes behind them. Yeah. Painless. Absolutely painless. painless. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, imagine sometimes you can wrangle them with some treats, but if they're really people shy, sometimes that's not going to yep. work. Yeah, whatever means that we could. Most of the dogs are very social. They would just come up to you. So the problem comes when you put a leash on those dogs. They, they've never been on a leash, so that for them was all new. So it's just a matter of working slowly with them, letting them calm down. Uh, if you have that leash on, you know, there was steps that we had to take for each individual dog, depending on the circumstances. We had neonatal puppies that were under a mudroom that we had to climb under and and rescue and unfortunately uh, uh, some of the litter mates had perished before we were able to get to them Mm. Uh, but we were we did manage to to rescue three of those they were only about a week and a half old and their mom also made the journey uh, to southern Ontario with us. Very nice can you tell us about the, the the transportation aspect I mean some some of the dogs were were flown back to Ontario and 
Uh, so the way that we worked it is we were set up in a community room in Thompson. That was our base. Uh, so we had three different communities from Thompson, that uh, First Nations communities that we uh, attended to. So Split Lake is the community that I uh, visited, which was about two hours from Thompson. Nelson House, which is 45 minutes from Thompson. And then uh, South Indian was five hours. So we had three different teams that split off into those communities, and we all gathered back at the community center for the night. We slept in the community center with the dogs so that we could monitor them and make sure that everybody was okay. The next morning, we had two veterinarians fly in from Winnipeg and did assessments on the dogs to clear them for travel. Uh, so that was a long, ex- uh, long process in the morning, and then we proceeded to load them all up and drive them to the airport where they were loaded onto a cargo plane that flew from Thompson uh, to Thunder Bay. And from Thunder Bay, they then made the rest of the journey on truck and trailer. Uh, We did have four nursing mothers, which we left in Thunder Bay with uh, foster people um, because we didn't want them to make that journey at that time with all the other dogs. Right. And we uh, proceeded to go back up to Kenora the week later and we helped our friends at the Kenora cat shelter and removed uh, 90 cats from their location and then we picked up our four nursing moms and puppies and made the journey back to southern Ontario with them a week later. Wow. Lots of aspects to this <laughs> and there's to the rescue mission. Parts. There is a lot of moving parts to it for sure. Yeah, like, I mean just the moving part of the logistics alone getting people yes. getting someone to coordinate that. Yes, yes. And you know, the the journey from Thunder Bay to Southern Ontario, you know, there's stops along the way where the animals are, you know, we had volunteers that were in Sault Ste. Marie that un, like unkenneled all those dogs, got them all out to stretch their legs and walk, give them a little food, give them a little water before they were loaded back up and continued on their travels. Now, how many uh, dogs approximately? We had 105 dogs. 105. And yeah. uh, 90 cats that we uh, brought back in in the time period there that we uh, did our transfers. Yeah. And as soon as these animals come back, I understand they're quarantined for for a couple of weeks? We did a two-week quarantine with them because we wanted to ensure they have just gone through a very stressful, life-changing process. Uh, they were all vaccinated on intake and dewormed on intake. So we waited those two weeks to revaccinate, and then we, we started doing our adoptions after that two-week quarantine period was done. Yeah. Now the adoptions, uh, you you did them virtually, or or no? It was at that time. It was okay it was to do them in person. Before, yes, before the big shutdown. So a vast majority of of our Manitoba dogs were placed into homes. We still do have some, which we are going to be looking at in the next week or so to do some virtual adoptions for our adult dogs. It's a little bit more tricky because we want to make sure we're matching them up with the right home. If there's pre-existing animals in the house, those are all factors that we have to look at. And because we are closed to the public, we cannot have meet and greets, which are such a key component. Yeah. So the the, the current uh, conundrum, the current circumstances that we're faced with with the COVID-19 situation, it makes it a little bit tricky. It does. It changes the dynamics of what we do on on a daily basis for sure. So we um, have had a trial run. Uh, Those four nursing mothers, their puppies have all come of age during this uh, quarantine shutdown. So we have, tomorrow is our last day, actually, of our 12 days of puppies. Um, Although there were uh, 14 of them, we did 12 days of puppies. So it wraps up tomorrow. Yeah, I saw that on the Facebook page. Yes, the last two puppies will be going home. So it gave us a good trial run on what works and what does not work with our virtual adoptions. Uh, And we've been virtually adopting our cats. So cats are a little bit easier to place into homes during this time. So we've been continuing our cat adoptions as well. Now, what about pictures of these dogs? Are they on the Humane Society website? They are. And what we will be doing is showcasing uh, one of our adult dogs uh, a week with a full bio, what their restrictions might be, a home with no children, a home with no other pets, with pets. All that will be discussed in in the bio for those dogs and uh, we'll open up adoption applications at that time once we post them and hopefully we can find uh, some homes for some of the beautiful dogs that we do have in our care right now that'll be excellent can you give the listeners the website to go to so they could check out some pictures of the dogs that are up for adoption absolutely they can visit us at either the wellandspca.com 
or nfhs.ca. And when they go to those websites, what they want to do is look for the Patango link. Once they click on that, it'll take them to our adoption pages. Tammy, I noticed that you had acknowledged or the Humane Society had acknowledged some groups that uh, played a role in this. Uh, Save a Dog Network Canada, uh, was that one of them? Yes, Save a Dog Network is the the rescue group that we worked with hand-in-hand for that rescue. North Star Air? North Star Air was the uh, the group that flew the dogs from Thompson to Thunder Bay. Awesome. Spirit the of Hope OFPCA, Rescue. Yeah, the yes, Spirit of Hope is a uh, Manitoba-based rescue that was on had one of those teams that went out into those communities. Yeah, uh, Northern Manitoba Paws in Need. That is the rescue from Nelson House, which also was a part of uh, finding those dogs within that community and getting them into our care. Yeah, what about Jubilee Center? Jubilee is where we spent our weekend and where the dogs, or they were, uh, let us put up 105 dogs inside the community center there. (laughs) That's awfully good of them. Yes. (laughs) Yes, hats off to those guys. Wow. And then there was Calm Air. Calm Air was the, uh, the airline that flew myself and also the veterinarians that came up to do assessments on the dogs uh, from Winnipeg to Thompson. Excellent. Well, is it fair to say mission complete? <laughs> mission completed and hopefully not the last one. I, uh, You know, you always learn from uh, the first one and you see where you need to make tweaks and changes. And uh, that's what this first rescue did. And they can only get better and bigger from here. Well, Tammy, uh, thank you for joining us on Dog Talk. Keep up the great work you do uh, for all the animals. Thank you so much, Dave. And uh, we want to thank the community for their continued support. Uh, We've had our Greg Freeland Magic shows uh, for the last few weeks, and those have been a huge success. And it's a way for us to connect with families in their home. So we want to just thank everybody for their support. Excellent. Well, that's super. Tammy, we hope to have you on again real soon. Thank you so much, and everybody stay safe. You take care, Tammy. Have a doggone great night. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye now. Tammy Gabry pet care manager of the Niagara SPCA and Humane Society. And uh, if you didn't know, both the Welland Humane Society, Niagara Falls Humane Society amalgamated a while back, and they are, they are now one called Niagara SPCA and Humane Society. So go online, check it out. There's dogs up for adoption. We'll take a short break. We'll come back with more dog talk right after these messages. This is Aaron Jones from Cron Electric. We're grateful to be serving our loyal customers throughout this difficult time. Our commercial service division remains open, helping essential businesses stay up and running. And for residential customers, we're here 24-7 for emergency service calls, and we will schedule non-essential work as soon as possible. We appreciate your understanding and support as we work to protect the health and safety of our employees and our community. We're all in this together. Find us online at cron.ca. Pain management is essential to maintaining your pet's quality of life, and that's why the Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is still open. Their pool and gym are closed to help maintain a safe space for patients, clients, and staff, but Niagara Canine Conditioning Center is still able to provide all of their pain-relieving treatments for new and returning patients. If your pet is struggling to get around or seems painful, please contact Niagara Canine Conditioning Center at 289-362-5900 or canineconditioningcenter.ca. The staff at Pet Food Outlet wants you to stay safe and healthy and recommends that everyone stay home and self-isolate. But if you do need pet food, Pet Food Outlet has sufficient stock to meet your needs. Please call ahead to check their current days and times of operation. Together, we'll get through this tough time. Pet Food Outlet in Welland, making pets and their people happy. Call 905-735-PETS. That's 905-735-7387. 
Why do so many local pet parents entrust their cherished companions to Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital in Niagara Falls and Maine West Animal Hospital in Welland year after year? Simple. It's the way they treat their patients and the people who love them with dignity, respect, and the utmost compassion. Both vet clinics help make pet care affordable and offer financing to qualifying clients. We're still open, offering curbside pickup and emergency services. Maine West Animal Hospital at MainWestVet.com, Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital at Niagara Falls Animal Hospital this segment brought to you by Maine West Animal Hospital. Now, more dog talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTB. Welcome back, dog friends. Good evening to all of you cats and dogs out there. Hope you guys are having a good Monday. Beautiful weather here in the Niagara region. Out walking my dogs earlier. Seeing more and more people out walking their dogs. More and more people coming out of hibernation. (laughs) Coming out of isolation. Yes, you can get out there and walk your dog. It's good for the dog. It's good for you. You need a little fresh air. Get the cobwebs out of your head. Uh, My next guest is the founder of an organization called Aid for Paws. That's Aid and then the number four, Paws. I've heard wonderful things about this organization from different uh, dog obedience class students of mine and other people in the animal field. And I thought, well, reach out to them and, and have them come on and talk about what it is that they do. Again, it's called Aid for Paws. And the founder is France. Lajeunesse. Hi, France. Are you there? I'm here, Dave. How are you? I'm doing good. How did I do with the pronunciation of your name? <laughs> How did I know you were that? <laughs> yeah. Lousy. Did I do it lousy? <laughs> you did pretty good. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it's Lajeunesse, but you know. Lajeunesse. Not exactly easy to say. Lajeunesse. That's okay, yeah. France. Well, I'll get better with practice. I'll say that ten times before I go to bed for sure. <laughs> yes. And so... Um, our listeners have been uh, informed just now that uh, the the aid for pause is something that I really think they should hear about. I've been hearing great things about your your group. Uh, you're the founder of this group. Yes, correct. And the uh, the actual name is Aid for Pause Search and Recovery. Aid for Pause Search and Recovery. Correct. Yes. Um, and um, your mission statement would be. Well, we are a small team of uh, lost pet recovery uh, specialists, and we basically help um, owners and guardians uh, uh, recover, locate and recover their lost animals, uh, mostly dogs. Mostly dogs, but sometimes cats. Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and when were you established? We established ourselves uh, formally in 2015, um, but, you know, prior to that, everybody on the team was doing a little bit of lost pet recovery here and there. But really, it's been, you know, since 2015 that we actually got together. Now, do, do some of your volunteers, I mean, is it volunteers or, or paid correct. employees or a mix of both? No, we're all volunteers. Uh, there is no fee or charges for our services, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes, you know, volunteers has a, a certain... Uh, connotation out there that, you know, perhaps it's not as uh, It's not professional. You might not be good enough. You're just a volunteer. Right. Correct. And and it's far from the truth. Um, just wanted to point that out yes. to folks out there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, volunteers can be professional and volunteers can function, uh, you know, as a professional service. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. And so, uh, so basically you are finding lost dogs and returning them to their owners yes what we do is um well it sounds simple but it's not no <laughs> so, uh, but essentially um i mean anyone who's been through the experience of losing let's take an example losing their dog um they know what it's like it's it's, it's an awful experience and it's uh, fraught with um you know worry and anxiety and, and of course what do you do right so so we basically guide people along the process of 
um, you know, doing everything possible uh, to locate their animal. And depending on what their animal is like, you know, depending on their personality, the breed, the geography of the location, where it's missing from, uh, then we can formulate uh, some sort of plan to to do just that, locate and, and recover them. I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you if, it, if it's boots on the ground right away in tier one of the uh, recovery of the lost dogs, or is there a certain amount of things that you're asking the dog owner to do online as a prerequisite before you start putting boots on the ground and searching for the lost dogs? Um, well, it really depends on each case. Um, typically, uh, people will post online right away anyways. Um, you know, they'll just... Uh, put their lost animal online, which is which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's good. It spreads the word, right, and uh, creates the awareness uh, that their animal is missing so they can get a potential location so they can go recover them themselves. Uh, we tend to, our group tend to focus on more difficult cases, more challenging cases, yeah. you know. So where, you know, a happy-go-lucky Labrador uh, who might come easily to someone uh, might not require our, our assistance, you know. Probably most people of the public could probably uh, easily secure the dog, and that's okay. Um, we tend to focus on more challenging cases, you know. Certainly. Now, what about some of your equipment? Do you have the night vision goggles and uh, things of such? Yes, we do have uh, quite a bit of equipment, actually. Uh, we do uh, we do have uh, night vision equipment and and all kinds of different trapping systems and you know we're we've got quite a bit. Now, are a lot of the dogs that you're recovering, uh, or percentage-wise, I'm kind of curious to know. Uh, I mean, these a lot of these dogs have been stolen. Uh, would be what a smaller percentage of stolen dogs. I mean, um, how often is a stolen dog uh, found or recovered? Well, not often, so, I wouldn't think. Well, it does. Um, it does happen. They do. They do. Uh, quite a few of them do get found. Um, but good to know then. Yes, that they get but found. then again, a stolen dog requires a, a very. Um, well, it depends on the case, of course, but typically it requires a pretty aggressive marketing campaign out on social media and every media you can think of, right? Right. And of course, it involves uh, the police. If you know, but I caution people that, um, you know, not to claim a dog is stolen unless there's actually evidence or proof. Um, a lot of people will think their dog were stolen when, in fact, they just went missing, right? Okay, so it's a, it's a quick assumption that people will arrive at once the dog's missing. Correct, you know. Um, I mean, it, it's one thing to see someone take your dog or a witness comes forward and says, I've seen someone take your dog. But it's quite another if the dog suddenly vanishes from the backyard, um, but there's no proof yet. You know the pers- you know the owner might think their dog was stolen when in fact it wasn't. Um, and if and if you believe your dog was stolen when in fact it might not might not have been, uh, then you might not use the right strategy to find your dog. Yeah, and that could be detriment right there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which yeah. which area do you do you cover? Um, so for us, we uh, we mainly cover um, at the Dufferin County area, um, and we also cover the Guelph, um, you know, Guelph uh, City and in the surroundings of Guelph, and some parts of Wellington. And sometimes we go out of those areas if we have the time, um, and at cases particularly uh, challenging and needs. Uh, you know, needs a little bit more help. Now, over the past few years, I've had a couple of different guests on the show that were uh, dog trackers. Would this be the title of either yourself or people in your group? Uh, well, tracking is part of what we do. Yes. Um, but we do we do much, much more than that. Uh, I mean, we do track, um, but there's so much more to it. There's, you know, there's support given, guidance, um, you know, it is a process. Uh, lost pet recovery is a process. And, of course, we need to take a very detailed history. Um, uh, we need to get to know the dog, right? So by 
getting to know the dog as much as we can, you know, through um, the information we get from the owner or the guardian, uh, that gives us a good idea of what we're going to be dealing with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so do you have a microchip scanner? I mean, how often does this come into play for you? Um, we do have a microchip scanner, but it's not something we use on a regular basis. No. I mean, um, for us, uh, I mean, we're not animal control. No. Uh, right? But after hours uh, in our areas, I mean, if somebody if somebody finds a dog and, you know, and there's uh, there's a way for us to get out there and see if we can scan the animal, we'll do it, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's not, it's not the, it's not really what we do, um, you know. What, what would you say your recover? I'm sorry. What would you say your recovery rate would be once people have uh, contacted you and contracted you to seek their dog? So, um, strangely enough, we've actually recently made a calculation of um, our track record so far. Um, and so far, I don't mean year year to date. I mean since we since inception. And it's really based on the number of cases we've handled so far, and that currently we're sitting at 85% success. That's excellent. Congratulations on that. Thank you. It's, uh, it's pretty good. No, I mean, no one can achieve 100%. It's impossible, but, um, you know, but um, in the success rate, we also include, um, you know, uh, the, the handful of cases where, unfortunately, perhaps uh, the dog was found deceased. Um, it's still a resolution to a case for us. Sure, it's still a resolution, but it's it's a tough one having to break that to the owners. It's very, very difficult, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, let, you know, lucky, um, luckily, it's not uh, it's not all that common. It's, it's, I want people out there to know that there is a lot of hope uh, for lost dogs, and it doesn't always end badly. In fact, most times it ends well. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the furthest distance you have been successful in retrieving a dog uh, from their home? Uh, as in how far? Yeah. The how dog far gone? have they traveled? Like, what would be the furthest distance that you've had oh. to bring a do- that you've been successful in locating a dog and bringing them back? Well, um, we we had a couple of pretty um, <laughs> pretty crazy cases. We had an Australian Shepherd that traveled uh, forty five kilometers. Cool. Yeah, 45 kilometers. Fair uh, amount. Yeah, some dogs will run quite far. Mm-hmm. And and it's, you know, and you're always constantly, you know, trying to keep keep track of them and try to stay ahead of them. Yeah. Now, I'm assuming that the owner is not on foot with you. Is that right? When you're out doing the searching? Well. Or does it, yeah. is it depend? Is it subjective from case to case? It's really subjective from case to case, but um, the first thing I want to point out um, for full understanding is for us, um, we work very closely in, in complete partnership with the owner. Um, you know, it's, it's very much a partnership. And uh, so... You're not keeping them in the dark at all? Not at all. No. No. Um, whether they're physically capable of coming out to you know where we go or if they're if they want to be there we don't stop them you know okay. but we give them well, we give them a lot of guidance as to you know you know here's what we're going to do if we see your dog or or we point out things to them along the way and um it's very much a partnership that's how we see it yeah now are you shooting videos of the uh, the searches Yes, some of um, some of the recoveries we do because um, we document everything we do along the way, um, and then we try to, um, you know, put a story together so to show our followers uh, basically a snapshot of how it went and what happened, um, and the kind of terrain we, you know, we had to contend with uh, wherever we were, and um, you know, oftentimes it. People, um, you know, feel it's quite educational or inspiring. And um, we like to show people what it takes in some of these cases to get these dogs home, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many How many volunteers would you say you have? 
Well, our team is small, but we uh, always partner with um, community members. Yes. Um, we, we have community members that have, you know, that regularly help us. Um, when we go to a new town or somewhere we haven't been, we find people to help us. And um, we've never had a problem. You know, generally, it's all great people that, you know, put their hands up and say, can I help you? And we say, sure, come on over, you know. Sometimes we just need people to just sit in a vehicle and watch and spot for movement. Right. And, uh, you know, in our one of our latest cases, uh, we had um, an extremely, extremely skittish dog, uh, an international rescue dog from India. And uh, we had some people watch a perimeter of a, um, a forest because... We needed to keep this area uh, quiet, um, and we needed to keep uh, people from uh, interfering in the process of luring the dog. So it worked out quite well. We had great cooperation. Good, because interference can really set you back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, and it's usually born out of good intentions. Um but, you know, once we explain to people, you know, we're, here's what we're trying to do, people are understanding. France, uh, we're going to take a short break. And uh, when we come back, I'd like to continue chatting with you about, uh, about the great work that you do. Thank you. Okay, and we'll take a short break. We'll come back with France uh, Lajeunesse, uh, founder of the Aid for Paws. Uh, they specialize in uh, tracking and recovering lost dogs and even uh, cats, sometimes uh, cats that go missing. Uh, we'll take a short break. We'll come back with more Dog Talk. I'm Dave McMahon, and uh, stick around. This segment brought to you by Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital. Making sustainable choices for your home? Choose Centennial Windows and Doors. Replace your windows and doors for the last time with our Energy Star certified products. Plus, for a limited time, pay 0% interest for three years. As the 2019 Energy Star Manufacturer of the Year, we manufacture our windows and doors to last, helping you save money, save energy, and save the planet. Visit centennialwindows.com for details. Centennial Windows and Doors, the best warranty, period. The staff at Pet Food Outlet wants you to stay safe and healthy and recommends that everyone stay home and self-isolate. But if you do need pet food, Pet Food Outlet has sufficient stock to meet your needs. Please call ahead to check their current days and times of operation. Together, we'll get through this tough time. Pet Food Outlet in Welland, making pets and their people happy. Call 905-735-PETS. That's 905-735-7387. Why do so many local pet parents entrust their cherished companions to Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital in Niagara Falls and Main West Animal Hospital in Welland year after year? Simple. It's the way they treat their patients and the people who love them with dignity, respect, and the utmost compassion. Both vet clinics help make pet care affordable and offer financing to qualifying clients. We're still open, offering curbside pickup and emergency services. Main West Animal Hospital at MainWestVet.com. Heartland Niagara Animal Hospital at Niagara Falls Animal Hospital. This segment brought to you by Niagara Canine Conditioning Center. Now, more Dog Talk with Dave McMahon. News Talk 610 CKTV. Dog Talk, everyone. Glad you are here with us. I know I've said that before, but I really appreciate everybody tuning in uh, every Monday night, 7.05 p.m. till 8 p.m. If you ever miss our live episode, you can go to the radio station's website, which is www.610cktb. That's 610cktb.com. And all of my Dog Talk radio shows are podcasted and you can catch the show anytime you want, day or night, uh, at your convenience. So that's good to know. And if you have friends that are out of the country, they can listen too. So, uh, so that's great. Yeah. 
France, you still there? I'm still here. Uh, question for you. We've only got a couple of minutes left, but I'm wondering, and I was thinking about this on the break, is there any one particular mistake that you're noticing that people are making with their dogs, which are resulting in the fact that their dogs are going missing, running away, getting away from them? Well, I mean, people let their guard down and uh, sometimes they give the dog off leash uh, freedom before the dog is trained properly. I mean, I'm a dog trainer and that's one of the things I see. But is there anything Mm -hmm. you see that seems to be consistent? Well, we see a lot, obviously. (laughs) But but the one thing I want to point out, which I think might be possibly the best uh, piece of advice out there, uh, dogs in new situations. Newly adopted dogs, Uh, Um, you visit someone, you know, with your dog, they're not familiar with the area, perhaps they have existing anxieties like thunder or fireworks or um, anything new. We all know that dogs are creatures of habit. They love their routine. Uh, You break that routine and it, it just throws them right off and... Um, a lot of dogs go missing when they're put in new situations. Yeah. Yeah, the so, dogs, that, that's a great point because, um, you know, they, they, they rescue a dog, they adopt a dog, the dog doesn't really know their surroundings yet. Correct. And they need a period to, to adjust, right? And, and this is when you really want to keep them close to you. you on leash at all times. Uh, yes, the bonding period. Correct, yes. They've got to bond to their owners. They have to bond to their new environment as well. Yes. And uh, the second one I would say to people is if you go hiking with your dog and you leave it off leash, you're taking a big chance. I agree. Um, You know, I mean, nine times out of ten, nothing will happen. But the tenth time, you know, it only takes an encounter with a different dog who might not be friendly or, you know, or just, to see a wild animal and perhaps they have a high prey drive and off they go and it's quite risky and um but the allure is there you know we know people like it but it's still really risky yeah and it's pretty devastating you know when you lose an, a dog in a conservation area or you know a remote area mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. france so. france thank you very much for spending some time with us on dog talk tonight my pleasure. I really appreciate it. How can our listeners uh, find your Facebook page? Uh, they, if they just uh, do a quick search on uh, Facebook for Aid for Paws, uh, for being the number four, uh, Aid for Paws Search and Recovery, uh, they should easily find us, and they might be interested in some of the stories there, um, you know, to see how uh, recoveries have gone Uh especially in the happy ending section and the video section. They might, in, they might enjoy it. Awesome. Listen, keep up the great work with uh, recovering lost dogs. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Have yourself a doggone great night. You too. <laughs> you take care, friends. Thanks now. Check it out on Facebook, Aid 4, number 4, pause. All right, because, uh, like I say, there's a lot of good articles uh, on there, a lot of good information, a lot of good uh, testimonials and reviews. We're out of time. Thanks for listening to Dog Talk. See you later. Bye.